What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you're truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we playfully explore topics from money to magic, healing to wholeness, creation, relationship, business, and more. There's no place we won't go. Nothing too wacky or weird in the quest to live as grand a life as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stopper are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Partnered in love and in business, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Welcome, 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 everybody to Love Life and All Things Weird. I'm your host, Suzanne Stoffer, and I have my co-host in crime, Megan Silito, which I think she's coming on board. You know, if you if you follow us at all on Facebook, you know that we have been traveling for the last two weeks um, to London and Ireland, and Megan popped over to Scotland basically for a day. And so we both got home last night at like oh, 11 p.m. <laughs> from from all of our adventures. And uh, so it's it feels like an early morning for our show today. Um, and especially for Megan, I checked in with her a few minutes ago. She was just barely, barely uh, getting some coffee. So I don't know. I think she might be joining us today. She might be joining us on the show. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in feckin' Dublin. Uh-huh. Feckin'. Feckin', feckin'. 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 We're feckin' Dublin. <laughs> uh. So, you know, we have a lot of our of our community that love hearing about, you know, how we create our epic travels and, you know, because we we are traveling fools. Um it we've talked about this a, a bunch Megan has about how I introduced the travel early on in our relationship. And uh and so it's really really fun to not only travel but also bring events to the world like there was London Live Your Magic um that occurred and that's kind of what took us um overseas um but today we're really wanting to talk about um you know what it really takes kind of like the nitty-gritty of creating your dreams um you know so many of us have dreams about traveling or dreams about working on the road or dreams about putting on events you know, and it doesn't really actualize very well in our lives um, sometimes. And so today we really want to talk about, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes of what it really takes because it's not all pretty. It's not all just like, okay, I'm going to make this choice and this commitment and then, you know, it happens. I'm, you know, like Live Your Magic London really was so close to not happening. And, um uh, and actually, you had talked about doing Live Your Magic Ireland and Live Your Magic Scotland full events, and Ireland and Scotland didn't happen, you know, because of various reasons. And so sometimes, you know, the vision doesn't work out, you know, your intention, the idea doesn't pan out, and you really have to go with the energy, and you really have to lean into the uncomfortable. So, um, you know, I 
I went to Stonehenge um, when Megan flew to Scotland. And this is a dream that I've had since I was 18 years old. I read a book called The Knight in Shining Armor, and it was about Stonehenge and, and touching the stones and traveling back in time. And I've always been fascinated with them since then. Um, but it took up until now for that to happen. And actually, three years ago, when we were in London, it didn't happen. And it almost didn't happen again this time. And so, you know, we want to talk about what it really takes to dream big and actually create, 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 and like, go with the flow. And, and sometimes, you know, change up um, and lean in and that it's not all just like, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy. Sometimes it's tense AF. Yes, yes. <sighs> Amen. <laughs> so I you, you're pulling the curtain down on us, girl. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'd love to. I'd love for you to share a little bit about what London Live Your Magic has been. What taking Live Your Magic to Great Britain was for you. Hmm. Well, like you said, initially, like last year, um, I created this event called Live Your Magic. And as it turns out, it's quite a thing. <laughs> it's this event that it's beyond a workshop. It's an experience. And it's cute. My The London host even said to us after, it's like even after they were having trouble like talking about it to people initially for enrollment. And so they asked me for some more, like, marketing and tools and stuff like that. So I gave it to them. And they're like, after the event, they're like, we've been through it. We still don't have words. And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing people tell me the most. <laughs> they don't have words. So it's, it's an interesting thing to try to enroll people in things that are beyond words. And And I think for a lot of our listeners, you have services, you have businesses, you have things that are – sort of beyond words it's like well like kind of coach doesn't fit it like healer doesn't fit it like you know what I mean so like so here you have this thing and you're not knowing quite what to do with it you don't even have words for it but it's a thing and it changes people's lives and how do you get it out you know and so last mm -hmm. year I brought it to five cities and people loved it so much we had at least I would say probably at least 10 to 15 people who did it three times or more mm -hmm. and like at least like a half a dozen people who did it like five of the six times last year. And so this year, coming into the beginning of this year, I checked in with the energy of the event and they said, what do you want to be this year? Like, where do you want to go? What do you, what do you want? You know, what do you want your life force to be this year? And because I believe, and we talk about this in um, some of our other shows about how you can actually talk to the consciousness of your creations. And mine said, mm -hmm. But it's the energy was international, and I was like, "Great, where do we start?" And it was like Ireland. And I was like, "Great, I know no one there. <laughs> this will be fantastic," you know. And then um, I just knew that it wanted to be international. I didn't know how. I and I thought to myself, "Well, maybe I could do like a London Ireland because I know there's actually quite a big access group in London." And uh, but London showed up first. And um, and my Ireland host uh, ended up uh, bowing out. She had, was a little bit overwhelmed with everything that she was doing. So 
Um, and then I had this impression that I was to go to Scotland, and I'm like, I I don't even know, like I don't like I know less about Scotland than any of the other two. I have no idea how that would ever occur or what. I don't I don't know a single soul, you know. And so, but I didn't I didn't put Scotland on the map as a live your magic. I just thought I just felt the energy come in, and I didn't know what it meant. Right. Mm. So it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, how like you don't know how. You you have an energy of something. You know you're supposed to go in a direction, but you really don't know how the hell it's going to look or what's going to happen. And initially when I talked to my, who became my host for London, it felt like a huge event. It felt mm-hmm. like it was, could be like, you know, upwards of 30 to 50 people. Like it, it had that energy to it. So it was really like when I had one person enrolled like a month before the event, I was like, what the hell? What the fact? <laughs> what the fact is this? <laughs> you know, and and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't go because it's like, you know, like there's a huge cost to going to Europe to, mm-hmm. you know, paying for an event space to. There's like a huge investment that that goes with this. It's not just about oh, let's, you know, like my most of my career I've been grassroots. I've created locally, so you know, if something didn't work. It's like, all right, well. Most just my ego got hurt, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not like, you, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, at that point, you had a conversation with me and you mm-hmm. said, I think you have to choose. I think yeah. you've got to decide that this event is happening. And maybe. Yeah, because uh, I felt like they were. To that. Yeah, yeah. I felt like you were actually just waiting for the participants. Right. And we do that. Right. We wait for the participants to sign up and then we're like, okay, this is a go. Um, and then, you know, you had booked the hotel and the hotel to, to book the space was a lot of money and there was a 30-day out clause, right? So we were coming up to the 30 days and there was one person paying. And so, and so it's like, okay, I was like, Megan, you know, we're coming up to the 30 days and you keep waiting for people to sign up and pay so that you can say, yes, for sure, I'm going. I'm like, but I think you just need to say yes, that you're going, and then the people will show up. And it's something that you've taught, you know, but when it comes to literally that moment of commitment of like, you know, this could be really, you could lose thousands of dollars, right? And also not to mention just like the fear and the the worry and the feelings of like, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe nobody wants this. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe... This isn't right, you know, like if if these, if quote, the results aren't happening. Um, and so, you know, I said, what is it? You've got to choose yes or no. And, um, and you're like, yes, let's do it. And what I saw after that, my own personal um, witnessing is that there was an energy of whatever it effing takes that I hadn't seen you be in up until that moment. Like you were like getting up in the middle of the night, doing telecalls with your host, doing energy pulls with the access facilitators in, in Europe and um, in Great Britain. You were, you were like, you were reaching out to um, people and that you've never reached out before that you never had a conversation to before. Like there was, it just lit a fire underneath you I think in a way energetically that was like no whatever it takes and and that's the thing is like you know we really do 
it, sometimes it's not like the universe provides and then all of a sudden 20 people overnight show up and sign up. You know, sometimes it is that leaning in on a day-to-day basis and saying, I'm not giving up on this. I'm not giving up on me. I'm not giving up on Live Your Magic. I'm not giving up on the transformation and that energy that you felt because what I I believe um, for for what we what we perceived because I've always known from the beginning that London Live Your Magic was a huge thing for me to be a part of. I felt that energy and I felt that transformation that was possible. But we thought it was, and specifically you thought it was going to be thirty forty people. Um, and then I think we had like a total of all of us. Other was like ten or something, but like the energy was that big. It was like the bigness of 30 people in that room. That's how much change and transformation, I believe, I say, occurred in Live Your Magic London. I've never seen anything like it in a group that small. They were the most powerful women. Like, it was so crazy. It was so crazy to be part of that and to um, contribute to that with you. And so I feel like that initial energy it was so much defined by numbers and defined by, you know, what's supposed to look like. And it didn't look anything like that. And that's the thing as all of us are creating our dreams is to really let go of how you think it's going to look. Cause it, it, and do that daily, like uncreate and destroy your, you know, conclusions and computations, objections, expectations that you don't even know you have, you know, because I would say you're a very open, curious person. You're very good at following the energy, and yet you still had a lot of definition and doubt in your world that was, I think, limiting the the possibility of what was trying to happen through you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's been a lot of talk in Access recently, Access Consciousness, which is one of the tools I use in Living Magic. I've been talking a lot about how the way we define things actually is what's limiting us, right? And so I had sort of had this definition of the big energy meant lots of people instead Mm -hmm. of the big energy meant the amount of change Mm -hmm. that was created. These women like the amount of change that these women created in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we blew up some constructs in Great Britain mm-hmm. and energy like over that whole land. I mean, it, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, I don't know that I've ever been so spent through a live your magic, meaning like just left it all on the freaking court. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I gave, I mean, you know, you talk about what I did to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But like then it's like what I did to to create to to facilitate the event. You know, yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot and it had nothing it didn't look how I thought at all. But yeah. man did we go deep and wide and big and it was just like amazing and like you say, like, you know, once I thought and I and I wanna kind of I might be going circling back a little bit here, but we have a question in the chat room that I feel like is a great question, and I want to mm-hmm. go back to the moment of saying yes, because mm-hmm. she said, like, what does the yes feel like? How did you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of a thing. Um, the thing about it is, is that yes, say yes isn't an answer, it's an energy. So a lot of times people, they're looking for the answer. They're looking for, 
Like, I've done this a lot where I'm looking for a sign from the universe that I should go, that I should do something. That I, You know what I mean? And it was, I, I feel like it was a combination of the awareness of the energy when I had the first conversation with London. Mm-hmm. And that coupled with that I really, truly believed in my bones that I had something to contribute. The Living Magic had something to contribute that was now is the time. And it was just, it was a gut feeling. Like, I know that, you know, a lot of people have the reference point of light and heavy around the yes. For me, mm-hmm. it's very much gut-oriented. I'm not as attuned to the light and heavy. I'm more just like I go in my gut. In my gut said, yes. I was scared. And I have a great, um, I have a great telecall that I think I might, uh, re, I think I might edit and, and throw out as a product. It's called Yes And. That, mm-hmm. um, cause it is, it was a yes and I was freaking scared. I had no idea how I was going to do it. It was a mm-hmm. yes and. And what I find with a lot of people, is they feel the fear, they feel that hesitation of, I don't know if I can, and they actually interpret that as a heaviness that equals mm-hmm. they shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I, so I think this is kind of an important conversation to have it with regards to creating your dreams. Because mm-hmm. it's like it all starts with that yes. Like creation starts with like, you ask a question, like I did, like, hey, let me magic, what do you want? This energy appeared, and I said yes to it, right? And it's like, um, and you keep asking, and you keep yesing and knowing, yes this, no that. You know, it's like, in in looking, I had a lot of yeses. It wasn't just that initial yes to buy the plane ticket and actually get my fanny, you know, committed. It was like, it was this... Um, I saw this post by, um, her name is Fiona Cutts, and she's uh, a facilitator in the UK, an access facilitator. And I noticed that she was doing these these weekly energy polls for the UK and Ireland. And I thought, oh, what a great idea. And I just reached out to her and I said, I listened to a couple of them. I thought they were amazing. And I acknowledged that and I asked her if she'd be willing to have a quick conversation with me about, like, bringing events to the UK and and what she knew about that and what maybe she could offer me. And then she invited me to get on the energy poles, which actually opened up Scotland because somebody was on that energy pole in Scotland and reached out to me and said, that pole changed my life. How can I get you to Scotland? And so Scotland showed up out of nowhere, (laughs) dark horse, Mm -hmm. 10 days before I went to London. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just, as it turned out, you had that day at Stonehenge and so I flew to Scotland and did a taster, and we'll go more into that later. But I want to talk about how did I know it was a yes. It was really just that it was a gut feeling along with the energy. And along with, for me, like in the past, I have, I feel like I haven't had my creations back. Mm-hmm. Like I would create things, like I would create a book or, you know, I, I, I've created a lot of things over the years. And like people would be like, I didn't even know you had a book. Why do I know you have a book? Well, because mm-hmm. I didn't talk about it, because I didn't put it out there, because I was, like, scared to, or whatever, you know? It's almost like I create something and then didn't have my creations back, if that makes sense, you know? And so for me, with Live Your Magic, it's been a process of me actually letting myself receive from my creation and also having my creations back. 
And so mm-hmm. there was that piece. It was like, like it asked for something, and I wanted it to know that I was going to show up for it, and that I was going to show up for my creation. And it, I kind of have like some like sensitive energy around this because it's like how many of our creations are asking us to show up for them, and are you showing mm-hmm. up for them? Right, and and obviously you got to show up for yourself first because you don't go show up for your creations if you're not showing up for you, you know. But that's kind of I don't know if all of that made sense, but all of those things went into the, the awareness of the yes. It's not just a simple oh, it was a yes, and then we rode off into the sunset and everything worked out great, like you say. You know, it was a series mm-hmm. of following the energy, you know, which we can talk more about when we come back. From our break, you're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird with Megan and Suzanne. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. have you been waiting to uncloak your magic to allow the magic within you to rise and catalyze into an extraordinary life deep down you know is possible live your magic is a two and a half day experience that will move you beyond your mind ignite your body and activate the magic that is you if you are ready to radically tap into your desires generate more aliveness in your body and your life then join us at a live your magic event somewhere in the world go to megansolito.com and click on events to learn more today that's m-e-g-a-n-s-i-l-l-i-t-o this is love life and all things weird with hosts megan silito and suzanne stopper are you scratching your head a bit let's chat Call into the program today, and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Love Life and All Things Weird. We are talking about the nitty-gritty of what it really takes to create your dreams, to leap and not wait. You know, like uh, Megan talks about this idea of of testing, you know, um, testing the energy um, and jumping in um, fully, you know, and then seeing how to really follow that energy. I think... Like um, in the chat room, Marion was saying, I think everybody has a different um, way of manifesting and creating and following the energy. I think for me, there's definitely, um, you know, uh, we've actually done a show about this, about how you create and are you an organic creator or a systematic creator or um, or a linear creator, you know, so... Um, 
So Megan is much more of an organic creator than I am. And so when we talk about creation um, and following the energy and leaning in and doing what it takes, it's also about owning your own creation style um, and the way that energy flows through you. So you were saying that it's a gut feel, um, you know, that you said yes to. When I was actually asking about whether I was even going to come to London, um, and come to this tour with you, um, it was like, for me, I get these intuitive hits, feel like just a thought that lands in my world. It's like a feather that like touches my cheek. It's almost if I'm like not paying attention, it's gone. Um, it's, it's just, and then it's like, it was just a thought that let, that almost slipped away. But I've learned that the, there's kind of this elusiveness to that that's actually really profound because it's not my thought necessarily. It's not my ego. It's like actually in, in source and spirit that's trying to speak through me. And so there was this moment where I woke up early and this was before, this was as, you know, Great Britain was was being created, but I wasn't really necessarily a part of it. Um, and I just got this huge download of like, wow, there's something really here for me to contribute uh, as far as being there. And um, and at the time, like that was really scary to even bring up to Megan um, as far as like my contribution um, and what I saw as you know being a part of it. Um, but so, so for me, it was this feeling, this kind of coming out of nowhere awareness. And then it took, you know, a lot of like leaning in to say, Hey, you know, this event that's yours that you've been really hustling about with your hosts and stuff or whatever for months. And, you know, like we're, um, you know, we were in this place of, um, actually taking, um, more time away from each other in our relationship and I was saying, I actually feel like I'm supposed to be there, you know. Um, and so it was really scary for me because she didn't see that vision initially. She was, she just said, okay, well, we can consider that, right? But she didn't feel that intuition. Um, so, you know, again, it was like this, this leaning in in different ways, you know, of owning owning my truth, owning my awareness, even though maybe somebody else doesn't maybe see that initially. You know, now that the event is over, we can look back at it and I can, we can, both Megan and I can clearly see why I was there um, and, you know, what happened and like how incredible it was for both of us, um, but also just as co-facilitating together and what it took for these women to change and you know the, my own personal transformation in the process so um anyways like you know again we're really wanting to talk about the the moments that most facilitators most people who are talking about this stuff that they don't talk about they don't talk about those moments where it feels really hard or they f have a lot of doubt um they talk about oh yeah well i you know, I created it, I committed to it, I followed the energy, and people came. You know, well, awesome, but there's a lot of, of other things that, that come into that, too. And what I don't want is for all of us to make ourselves wrong when um, when it doesn't look 
the way that supposedly we think it should or other people, it's so easy. Um, and I think that people look at us and they look at our lives and they say, wow, you know, you're so good at this manifesting thing. You're so good at this magic thing, you know, but we we both individually and collectively have these moments that are really, really intense and challenging um, and magical, you know, that through that intensity comes the magic um, out of it, you know. Um, and that's been, that was really true in our two weeks, too, of traveling. There was so, so, so much magic that was created, and some of it was, you know, through these almost like constriction or moments of constriction, you know, like we were driving down the Ireland coast, we were driving down west from Dublin to Cork, um, and Megan was driving, you know, and it's it, it's these small, tiny roads on the opposite side of the street, um, and, you know, all the signs are different, and I'm navigating, and it's just intense, you know, it's <laughs> so intense and then we find ourselves in these magical like forests with fairies and leprechauns and it's almost like shocking in that moment of the change in the energy because it's like we literally almost had an oncoming car smash us and then five minutes later 10 minutes later and we're experiencing this mystical castle you know that is just like out of like time bleeding and we're like you know transformed and um you know so it it's crazy when you follow the energy um what the intensities of of both the contractions and the expansions and how much is that so much a part of our life um you know but the those moments that we don't really talk about so i just carried on for for a long time <laughs> I, I i don't know where you want to go now <laughs> <laughs> do you feel good about what you've said? <laughs> I do. Okay, good. Woo! So, yeah, and I, I think that, you know, the message that we're both communicating here is that, like, we have this term that we use. I got it from, uh, I stole it from Michael Neal, a coach that I follow, and he, he talks about creation is this process of mucking about, like this idea that anybody has the answers or anybody knows what the F they're doing, is crap. Even at the even at the top, even like the most successful people still are figuring it out, you know, like shooting from the hip. Like, yeah, there's certain principles and things that we begin to rely on and trust. I really trust the process of asking questions. And like I'm learning to trust receiving the awareness that comes from those questions, that, that's a bit of process, you know. And, like, no matter what, I'm, not, I'm mucking about. Like, and that's something that, you know, you and I are have so much fun with on our travels is that we, like, we kind of fall into the biggest magic because it's like we know enough to be dangerous. It's almost like, like, you can read a map. I can't read a map to save my ass. You cannot orient. You your proprioception is not really <laughs> too attuned. No. But mine is. I can walk out of a door and go. I think we're supposed to go that way. And you're like, that's not what the map says. I'm like, no, we're supposed to go that way. You know. But then there's times where it's like we just muck. We muck around. It's like it's not. And I I 
My awareness is is that that keeps us out of definition, it keeps us out of conclusion, and it keeps us in this space of this openness of the possibilities that could happen. As soon as I think we know what we're doing, I think we try to conclude it. We try to put it, and, and you know, the Internet is full of formulas of people mm-hmm. who have decided this is how it's done, you know, because they did it that way one time. Or, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's not, I think if you're in the true energy of creation, creation is about bringing in something new. The act of creation is about doing something in new ways and bringing about new things. And so why would you create always the same way? Because that's a formula. That's that's actually by its very nature not creation. Mm-hmm. And so this this thing that you and I do, what we call mucking about, you know, is like this, it looks as though we're kind of bumbling idiots sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes we are, <laughs> mm-hmm. truthfully. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny because like, um, so for instance, like one of the things that happened was on the way there, um, our seats weren't together and the flight was oversold and they're like, there's no way that you're going to be together. It's not going to happen. And we're like, okay, so we went and sat down, and I, I just kept pulling energy and asking what was possible. Well, they called me up to the booth. They called me up to the, what do you call it, the ticket counter or whatever, not ticket counter. What is that? The, what is that, right, before you load, where you get on the plane? The desk, yeah, uh, just the desk. Thank you, the desk, yeah. And it, as it turned out, there's a woman whose ticket was away from her child, and it just so happened that they needed me to move to the seat that was beside Suzanne mm-hmm. <laughs> on an airplane of 300 people. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's not a formula. That's not like, well, why it said yes, and I followed this formula and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we're like, what else is possible? Like, we sat in the energy of, okay, cool. We're okay with not sitting together, and we'd really like to sit together. And so what's possible? And mm-hmm. and that kind of, you know, popped in is how many times are we lost in a foreign country and then we pop oh onto gosh. something or we meet somebody that is just mm-hmm. like the, it totally the magic. And so much of the magic happens, I think, when we're off course, quote, unquote, off course, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just about being willing to be, huh, well, I thought it was a yes, maybe it was a no, like even that. Like letting go of the significance, but continuing always to choose and choose and choose and choose and and be willing to just muck about and see what comes of it. See what yeah, you I mean, get created I, from it. Such an awesome example was like we knew we wanted to go to Ireland. We thought maybe we would be able to do a taster there, or you could do a taster there, or at least we could meet some people, perhaps. But we, but like. Ireland to do in a weekend is ridiculous, but it was like, let's just fly there and see what happens. Ireland is calling us. Um, and so, you know, I booked the flights. And so Megan ends up not booking her flight, but she ends up randomly going to Scotland. So then she's flying from Scotland to Dublin, meeting me in Dublin. Um, right. And we're like, let's just drive to Cork. Cork is like the food capital and coffee capital of, of, of Ireland. And that seems like a place for us. But I didn't know what we were doing in Ireland. Um, I just there was just space. There was days where I didn't know. I just wanted to find magic in Ireland. 
And that was my intention. And it didn't feel like I needed to do any research, right? I was just like, usually on a trip like that, I'll research it. But I didn't feel like I needed to do any research. And then on my Stonehenge tour, which is a whole other magical story because everything was sold out for Stonehenge, the inner circle, um, which is where I wanted to go. I didn't want to be part of the crowds, the thousands of people that go every day and are behind the ropes, you know, and they just look at it. I wanted to actually be in the circle, which is very, very limited seats that are available. And because I didn't choose in, we didn't choose in to London until you know, basically three weeks before or a month before, all of those tickets were sold out. And I spent like five hours researching um, to get the Inner Circle ticket and couldn't find one. Um, so anyways, um, long story short, I just have one day I'm like, I want to try again. I want to see if it's possible to get a, an Inner Circle tour. Maybe something's opened up. Um, and so I go online and I find one seat one seat in a tour that got added. Um, like you said, there was this very interesting, weird tour that wasn't typical. So I, <laughs> so I end up one ticket to Stonehenge, which, you know, synchronicity is, is that Megan ends up in Scotland. So she wouldn't have been able to go to Stonehenge with me anyways. Um, so I go off to Stonehenge and I just randomly and sitting by this woman who's a witch there's probably like fairies and witches and all kinds of creatures on in that tour. There was 11 of us, but nobody really knew that they were magical, I didn't think, except for this woman next to me says to me, well, you're on a journey, aren't you? And I said, yes. She ends up being this Celtic witch um, that grew up in Ireland. So we go off to Avebury, and she's actually a tour guide herself. And she's telling me all of the magic of Ava Berry that our tour guide doesn't believe in and doesn't talk about, right? Um, and so all of a sudden now I'm like, yeah, I'm sticking with her. And she tells me all of the magic places in Ireland to fill up the, the places and spaces that I was waiting for, that I was waiting for. I was waiting for the, the magic of the universe, the synchronicity, right, to... <laughs> To, to open that up. So we end up at the Hill of Tara, which is like this incredibly magical land that Megan is, you know, some king from some lifetime. We're like transformed and like altered the entire time we're there. We're in tears. We're laying amongst these ancient stones with fairies flying all around us. It was like one of the most incredible magical moments, right? Um, there's I have Facebook posts about them and like you can see in the energy of my face the energy of my body right so i mean talk about like incredible magic to go from avabury to stonehenge to the hill of tara in in a matter of like three days all because we followed the energy all because like a month before i said i don't know why but we're supposed to go to ireland <laughs> baby so maybe we should just pop over there i don't know what we're gonna do <laughs> And, and let's see what happens. And then I, and then the woman, the witch, is like this well-known author that that is uh, empowers women around owning their mystical nature, which is like, hello, that is what I am. And so we got on like fast friends. Um, and she was traveling with her son, and it was amazing, right? So all of that because you know I am. There's pieces where I am like, okay, I know that I need to do this. Now this doesn't feel right. 
okay, now I'm going to wait. Okay, now I'm going to reach out. And it's, and it does. It feels like bumbling about. It feels confusing. It feels sometimes like almost like hitting a dead end. But that's where the curiosity and the mystery comes in because then you just get to just ask more questions and fill in more. And it's almost like walking around the world with your eyes closed, you know, and then, and then just like touching all of these surfaces and finding your way and trusting that it's going to be like the most incredible experience that you can't, you couldn't actually create on your own. Mm-hmm. Preach it, sing it to the choir, sister. <laughs> There's so much magic coming from you right now, honey, as you are like <laughs> describing this, you know. And I know we gotta, I we we have to go to break here, but the metaphor that I would really leave you guys to ponder is it's so much actually like driving a car, and in particularly at night when you only can actually see just barely ahead of your car, maybe like 100 yards, right? You can't see further than that. You can't see in what's going to happen tomorrow and, you know, where this is going to take you, where that's going to take you. When you're driving and in the present moment, you see what's in front of you. If you focused on the rearview mirror and, like, what happened in the last time that went this way and that way and the other thing, then you're going to crash. Like, when you're moving in to truly creating, you don't see that much far in front of you. But it's mm-hmm. like you the, the road is lit enough to show you the choices that will take you to the next grand adventure. And that's where I want to leave people for the break. And you're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird with Megan and Susanna. We'll be back in a few to continue our adventures. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How long have you been waiting to uncloak your magic? To allow the magic within you to rise and catalyze into an extraordinary life deep down you know is possible. Live Your Magic is a two and a half day experience that will move you beyond your mind, ignite your body and activate the magic that is you. If you are ready to radically tap into your desires, generate more aliveness in your body and your life, then join us at a Live Your Magic event somewhere in the world. Go to megansolito.com and click on events to learn more today. That's M-E-G-A-N-S-I-L-L-I-T-O. This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stopper. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today, and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. 
<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> You're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird. We are talking about leap for your dreams and what it really takes, the down and dirty to create and really go for it. <sighs> yes, yes. I wanted so, to... So, 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 so magic. So thank you for acknowledging that before break about like being I feel like I'm still integrating all of the energies of what were stirred up and healed and created um, in the last two weeks I feel like I'll be comp- like almost like considering it and integrating and feeling into it for maybe even months to come yeah I feel so different I feel like I feel like with regards to um, Great Britain and um, Scotland, like there was so much, it's interesting because there's so much energy I felt like I opened and that I gave and contributed to and that felt really true. And then Ireland was just blessing me right and left, you know, Mm -hmm. and like helping me um, on my own personal journey. And, you know, with regards to, you know, letting go of how it looks, um, Mm -hmm. So as it turns out, the lady that, that that called me to Scotland also is very connected to a lady in Ireland that's interested in hosting me next year in Ireland. And I felt like there was something that, an, an energy and a magic that Ireland had to share with me so that mm-hmm. I would know energetically what I needed to bring with Live Your Magic in order to be mm-hmm. the contribution I know I can be and, and the event can be in Ireland. And so... It's like there were a lot of seeds planted. There were a lot of energies open, and it, and it looks like next year it's we're going to have a full London, Scotland, Ireland tour because of us, you know, going out on a limb and and like leaping and going. We don't know what the hell, but we're really take. You know, I'm willing to go even if there's just one person there. Like I, that's where I had to get to, right? And um, so it's just like this. And it just kind of following that, those hunches, right? And and I think that's another way to kind of look at it is hunching. You know, it's like I had a hunch to reach out to certain people, even though I didn't know them. I had a hunch. Mm-hmm. Had an, there was like an energy, you know. And um, so it's like so much happened. And like you talk about integration, like I have, there is a lightness in my body. I felt a joy in Ireland that I don't know. I don't know when the last time I felt that just much pure, pure joy and state of being of me. Like, I just feel like Ireland brought me home to me somehow. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it was such such a gift. And there are some questions about, uh, I don't know if you want to add to that, but I wanted to follow up on Marion's question about did the stone scream. Because I mm-hmm. like if people probably just don't know what that means, but I I want to say something about that because it's kind of related to what we're talking about. But I didn't know if you wanted to contribute to what I just said first. Well, I was going to say that one of the and <laughs> one of the moments that you're talking about as far as like pure play and pure happiness was when we were driving back um, from Cork to Dublin. And we're listening to Irish jigs, you know, driving on the wrong side of the road. 
And um and it was just this moment, right? We're just looking at each other and I'm like I'm like seriously, this is our life. I'm like could, like this is a moment, you know, where it was just like we are in Ireland driving through this countryside on in this crazy car that we could, didn't know how to operate um <laughs> on the wrong quote wrong side of the road, you know, just like having the best time um you know so sometimes those moments aren't you know like that was a moment that was so profound and maybe even more profound for me than Stonehenge which you know which is interesting because I think we also have expectations for these certain events or these certain you know moments where we make it there and then it was like whoa okay well that was cool you know but it's like they these magical moments and these moments of pure joy and happiness, they almost sneak up on you, you know, it's just all of a sudden you're there in it going, whoa, what, this is happening right now. And so I wanted to kind of just share that a little bit, um, that it just never looks the way you think it is going to. It never does. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, it's like there's this, um you know i in my in my little text thing that i do called possibility play and and if you're not on that like you really should it's a free thing that i do where i send out like kind of what's coming through me like questions or challenges and i do it about five or six times a week and if you're not on it you can facebook message me and i'll give you the link actually i'll put the link on our facebook site weird on air uh, with Megan and Suzanne, so you guys can sign up for that. But um, uh, there was this place where I was, like, getting to in Ireland where I was like, oh, like, we really can attune ourselves to magic in a way that, that everything is magic, regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's and, – and one of the tricks is to get out of the outcome of how we think it's supposed to look of like being willing to be like in a stressful moment and still ask a question and still find out what's magic about that moment and watching it unfold into the next thing. If we get out of our nice opinions about it, our good opinions (laughs) of what it's supposed to look like, you know, and it's kind of like you said, like, you know, there were certain things that were more profound for you that were just accidental than even Stonehenge, which, you know, was this thing that, for your whole life, you'd be going towards it and all of this, right? But it, that's mm-hmm. part of being available for the magic wherever it is. It's not that Stonehenge mm-hmm. wasn't magical, but there was other magic that you didn't know was there and was available for you. Like, I had no idea. I had no idea what the freak the Hill of Terra was, you know, or in, in Gaelic, it's Terran. And um, mm-hmm. I just knew... When I was, like, we were starting to walk up to these big, huge hills, which are actually grave sites of very esteemed, like, kings and queens and, like, royalty of the time. And I was mm-hmm. just, it was the weirdest thing. I was just walking along, and I was, like, I kept hearing this this phrase. It was, like, you're walking on hollowed ground. And I was, like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know? And I was, like, and then I had this feeling I need to take off my shoes. I took off my shoes and I was walking barefoot and it was so soft. It was just like walking on carpet. It was crazy. 
And then we went to, and I didn't know, I just felt to have my shoes off the entire time as I walked around and I felt to put my feet on the stones and I was just all of that. And then we ended up in this really beautiful, like, medieval chapel watching a film about this area. And as it turned out, like, what the Druids would take the prospective kings barefoot through this path and he would put his feet on the mm-hmm. stone. And if the stone screamed or made sound, then he was the rightful king. And it was like, I had no idea, but it brought up all this energy of like, oh, like, you know, we we had a show where I talked about my resistance to royalty with regards to Suzanne's like, Unleash Your Majesty. And I realized that my resistance had to do with it wasn't, for me, royalty wasn't about castles. It was about magic. It was about being like um, a royalty with regard to the land and the people and, and not so much like a... a an institution, if you will, you know, but it was so, so profound for me, but it was just a hunch, but I didn't know, I was like, oh, I just need to take my shoes off, you know, no clue, mucking about, and it just, this whole thing opened up that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then I, there was this whole pathway that I wanted to walk on, and then we found out later in the movie that that was the path that they would um, bring the royalty or potential royalty through. So, yeah, it's like in Stonehenge, there was these two stones that I just stood in the middle of, um, and I was just being there in the energy of it. And then later the witch told me that that was part of the grid of Stonehenge um, and that I was just... I just organically, my body organically was in that, was in, was in that experience. So it, again, it's like often you're in it, experiencing it, not really even realizing what it is. And so, but if you can go with it and be with it, then all of a sudden the awareness comes in and it's like, it literally gives you full body chills, even just uh, for me, it does remembering it and thinking about it, you know? So Wow, we're already at the end. (laughs) I know. And we probably only shared like 10%, but (laughs) maybe we'll have a part two to creating, to mucking about and creating. Yes, mucking about and creating. That's our new word. Muck about, people. Muck about. (laughs) Yes, muck about leads to magicking about. Yes. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Be sure to tune in for more tips and tools on how to claim your marvelous, magical life.